Uh, good evening, everyone. Joshin here. Kia ora, namaskar, greetings. Thank you so much for joining me. Tonight I have a very special friend with me, uh, Rada or Linda Shannon, and it's just such a joy to have her on my podcast. We've known each other for a very long time, been uh, traveling on the spiritual path. Our paths have intersected at numerous numerous times, and we've always had a very special affection for each other. So welcome, Rada. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joshna. It's a, it's a privilege to be to, to join you. Thank you. You know, you have been um, an amazing healer, homeopath for many, many years. And when I was talking with um, Modamish, you've got some things to say about that, but also more about your your service projects that you've been working on and for, for many, many years. So first of all, I think it'd be really nice if you could sort of introduce yourself and just say a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So, um, I discovered homeopathy in, in India, actually, um, and also in Germany. I lived in Berlin for a while. I was about 24, I think. Yeah. And um, I'd been sort of having a, a more sort of academic kind of trajectory until then. And then I went off traveling. And um, when, I, when I saw homeopathy at work, I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. So yeah. I came back, trained in the UK, and shortly after that, I started going to India to learn from the homeopaths in Kolkata. Of course, when I went to Kolkata, I also went to see my spiritual guru, Baba, Sri Sri Anandamurti. So those journeys to India were always um, very uh, a place of great learning, expansion, um, Mm. inner yeah. development mm. um, and, and something that I then repeated over many years I used to go to India about once a year for about 20 years and uh, and later on uh, the project I'm going to talk about is called the Ghana Homeopathy Project so later on I became involved in that. Wow it's amazing oh yes you have quite quite a store of bubble stories then um over those 20 <laughs> years, wow, that's amazing. Would you like to share one now or would you like to share one later and talk more about your um, service projects? Um, I don't mind. Uh, yeah. I can share one now. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that would um, be great. Yeah, so, uh, well, I can talk about the time that I garlanded Baba. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was the first time that I'd met Baba. We, I went to... India and um, I'd got involved with the Nanta Margaret actually in Berlin in Germany and I went to India and attended DMC and at that time I think uh, my question was is Baba my guru I hmm. was looking for my I was looking for a guru I was looking for my spiritual guru teacher and um, at DMC I it was just incredible I could really feel Baba's power and um, grace, uh, almost sort of there in the air at Anandanagar. But um, I still had a lingering doubt if he was really my guru or if he'd accept me as a disciple. I think perhaps that was even more of a doubt. Yeah. And uh, we went off traveling and uh, I said to my the traveling companion, you know, I feel that we should go back 
back to Calcutta and see Baba before leaving. And you know, I wanted to fully garland Baba yeah. and, um, and 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 see, yeah, see if I could relieve this worry, I guess, this worry inside. Mm, mm. And um, anyway, so it came to the time, our last day in Kolkata, mm. and we stood there with our garlands and Baba um, came close. I was incredibly nervous. <laughs> and uh, she was going, mm -hmm. he was accepting people's garlands. And I gave him my garlands and I, I had a question for him, which I, I asked, but because I was so nervous, it came out really quietly. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'd been teaching yoga in East Berlin. I'd been going across the wall and, um, you know, um, Checkpoint Charlie and, and teaching yoga there and coming back to, to, West Berlin, going from west to the east. And I'd said that, told them that I would ask Barbara if they, he had a message for them. Yeah. So um, the, the Margis there. So I, I said, Baba, do you have a message for the Margis in mm. East Berlin? Mm. And uh, he he couldn't really hear me. <laughs> so he put his ear right in front of my face. <laughs> and there's this beautiful ear. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I repeated the question. And uh, he turned wow. around uh, and uh, you know, he had accepted my garland at that point. And he said, work, more work, and still more work. <laughs> um, and actually, wow. after that, I never went back to East Berlin. So I always wondered if it was more of a message for me. <laughs> yeah. It certainly yeah. has been rather like my life. <laughs> yeah. And um, but what? happened that was really wonderful after that it was when I went away I experienced within my whole being a most beautiful pink rose wow through the center of my being it was as if Baba had given me a rose and I actually felt that that rose was my true self wow and for about two weeks afterwards I I held that rose very preciously within myself and I felt very very different it was as if all my troubles all my my samskaras had been for a little while just lifted away wow and after a while they came back slowly but surely <laughs> i don't think i've ever quite touched that moment that i had there after seeing baba but the all doubt that he was my guru at that point was was removed so it was a really um a really wonderful experience oh that's a beautiful story i can just see that rose as you describe it <clears throat> yeah. yeah so yes. do i when i think about well, it so it was a pinky color yeah yeah it was like a, a, a luminous rose wow mm. It just appeared out of the blue within me. It was the strangest of experiences. Oh, amazing. I could never have manufactured it with my imagination. Yeah, I get you. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. And uh, you know, we were talking before about our paths having crossed um, the delta of the Shubra and Areka. You were there giving a homeopathic um, course, weren't you? Yeah, that was right. So we, um, we were staying at a, a government guest house with yeah. them. So I, I, I used to take um, groups to India to study yeah. with the Indian homeopaths, who are my, my dear friends in, in India, Drs. Kalyan and Dilip Bhattacharya. Mm. And um, so we had a little break from, from Cal Calcutta and went to this beautiful place. 
Mm. And so they were having classes there. There was sort of often a really nice sea breeze blowing. And you came and you sang Kirtan. And uh, it was beautiful. And I think uh, I remember that one of our group had an incredibly blissful experience. (laughs) they've never forgotten since then so it sort of touched them on some really deep level and me too I've got lovely memories of that time yeah I remember that place that was extraordinary it's the only time I visited there but what an amazing place yeah it's just south of Diga that's right and Baba did visit Diga that's right yes Mm. yeah and he wrote the Prabhat Sagit I think about that that river the Shubhanareka, yes. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. he has written one. Mm. Gorgeous, yeah. Very special. So tell us about this interesting exchange of knowledge you're talking about between India and your students around the world. Yeah, well, um, as I sort of went, you know, over about 10 years to India, slowly the idea sort of formed in my mind that it would be a really suitable form of medicine in, in, in Africa. And of course, this is not only me, many people were sort of, were sort of picking up on this and other homeopaths were there, including um, some Didis um, have been starting um, homeopathic projects in uh, in Africa, Didi Nandabruchira, for instance. Um, and, um, and because of Nandamarga, you know, people in Nandamarga are generally very sympathetic to homeopathy, and we have had a lot of um, projects there in, in, in Africa, um, it was also a way to align those sort of visions and ideas. And um, so these were like little seed ideas within mm. myself yeah. um, because I spent a lot of time in slum clinics, village clinics. Um, my Indian homeopath friends had um, a mental health project as well um, in a village outside of Kolkata and mm. uh, where for, for helping with homeopathy for the mental health issues of the very poor. And um, again, I'd seen the benefits that people experienced. And... Um, so one day in my Southerner, uh, a home in the UK, I had a strong experience. Um, if I could feel the minds of people, and it was in Ghana particularly, who wanted to study homeopathy but didn't know it yet. It was, <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was very, it was a very strong experience. Wow. Um, I could feel them. And I sort of knew that it was a bit of a, a cosmic assignment <laughs> yeah. that I, I should do something about this, particularly in relation to, to Ghana. Yes. Um, and nothing happened for some years. I was uh, My son was quite young at that time. And then um, Suniti, um, Sister Suniti, who now lives in New Zealand, is an amazing midwife, came up to me one day and said, um, you know, you've had this thing about Ghana and homeopathy. Well, I'm going to Ghana in two weeks' time to teach midwifery, so why don't you come along? Mm. And I, um, yeah, I have to. And so I went. And um, uh, their dad, Pramananda, was based in Accra, and he was quite keen to promote homeopathy, so we did some classes there. And Dada Daneshananda had a project yes. in yes. Um, Mafiseva village, the Mafiseva Community Clinic, where they were they had a midwifery centre, um, 
doctors and nurses uh, used to visit there and also there was a, um, a, a water reservoir uh, giving clean water to 35 local villages so it was a really really inspiring project and um, I went there and whilst my friend Suniti was teaching midwifery I did some a small homeopathic clinic and yeah. my translator was one of the best translators I've ever had and his name was Emperor Samin mm. and he was the director of that project yeah. and uh, he became really really interested in, in homeopathy and was very keen to continue and gradually over year, the years from that those little early sort of seeds um, the project has grown and there has been many many people have been involved in that project yeah um, and we've had uh, many training courses and some four-year diploma courses wow. and um, different volunteers with different skills have gone over sometimes homeopathy midwifery homeopathy and property mm -hmm. um, and uh, doctors have gone non-doctors um, and uh, we've gradually got to know many Ghana partners who we work together with and, um, you know, trying to honour the principles of sustainable development and uh, um, share yeah. our knowledge and experience. Yes. It sounds like a, like a real collaboration. Yeah, it has been a collaboration. And, and um, what's been particularly nice about it, and, very satisfying for me was that we were able to take the home, uh, Indian homeopaths, um, uh, particularly the doctors Bhattacharya, uh, to Ghana yes. and run clinics there. Yes. And they, of course, the the a lot of the medical situations, mental health situations, situations, of, you know, the ailments that arise from poverty, for instance. Um, and, and also living in a very hot climate, the different kinds of diseases that are there are in common between India and Ghana. Uh -huh. um, so they were able to really share their experience in a way that was very relevant yes. to people in Ghana. In fact, they knew a lot more than we did from Europe in a way as to how to treat some of yes. these conditions. Amazing. And um, we were also learning from them. Mm. So we were all, in a way, learning from each other, sharing each other's culture and experience. Mm. And um, later on, we were also able to fund some of the Ghanaian students to go and join the courses with the Europeans. And some people came from America, different parts of the world, actually, in, in Kolkata. Mm -hmm. uh, and they got then the chance to see... Uh, you know, homeopathy when it's been developed as a sort of mature system of medicine within a country and a culture such as it is in India. Yeah. And I think that was something that, that was inspiring for yes. them. They could then take back to imagine. Ghana. And one of the other things in common between India and Ghana is that in both countries, there is a department of the health ministry devoted to the training, promotion and registration of alternative and complementary medicine practitioners mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also research into that yeah. area. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very different, you know, yeah. to the situation in in Europe or America, as an example, and probably most other countries of the world, in, uh, 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 not completely Cuba, is, is, is very much um, promotes homeopathy True. a lot. So True. there are some countries that promote homeopathy within the uh, health ministries 
And um, this meant that we could sometimes talk at that level, go to the health ministry in Ghana, and they were very grateful that we were offering professional training programs, um, if you like, to upgrade the quality of homeopathy and what was on offer there, yeah. especially with the Indians going there. So, mm. yeah, that was a good part of the experience as well. <laughs> That's wonderful to hear that. That, yeah, about India and uh, India and... Ghana, for example, mm. having that complementary medicine supported by the government. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because in homeopathy, mind and body are seen as two sides of the same coin. Mm. Um, so if there's a problem or an imbalance in one area, you, you may then experience it in the other. And um, so when yeah. we are treating people, we're always taking the whole picture and mm. also looking at the whole story of, we call it, you know, the, the story of the vital energy of that person, yeah. the different things that have affected it, the different ways that each individual is um, susceptible to going out of balance, to becoming ill. Yes. And um, homeopathy is very much about sort of we use the principle of like cures like which I think Madhumita explained very well um, to give a remedy to sort of try and retune the vital energy so it was again be open if you like to the nourishment of the cosmic energy which can come in um, and enhance people's vitality um, so I think people generally practitioners of homeopathy uh, the Indians, the Ghanaians, we 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 love this form of medicine. We feel it yeah. aligns with how humans are, yes, in some way. And um, I guess I guess that's something that we, you know, has united us, yes, uh, in this this sort of work across the continents. Yeah, yes. And I thought it was an interesting thing that Modamita said about. You know, as the mind becomes quite subtle, like through meditation, yoga, for example, and I'm sure through many other ways, then people are more susceptible, more open to homeopathy, perhaps. I know for me that I've always had great results from homeopathy, but I, I think it's not true for everyone. Some, um, people, some people gravitate towards other forms of medicine. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case. And that's a very good point that Madhumita made. And um, it is, it is, it is, that is very true. It's not, for some people, homeopathy is a, a really good form of medicine. And you can really feel it working. Um, everyone's vital energy is a bit different. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things you perhaps get to see when you work for many years. Um, in yeah. this area mm. and uh but generally i think people who who meditate or follow a spiritual path perhaps do tend to benefit from homeopathy because of that subtlety mm. um but it's not for everyone that's true is but it, uh, for those who is does help mm. it's perhaps you know it's a real privilege to be able to offer homeopathy do you think yeah. there's a, a, a common remedy for, <laughs> funny thing to say, but do you think there's a common med med remedy for musicians? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, 
there are some remedies for overuse of voice. <laughs> yeah. And there's some remedies like for nodules on the throat, which some singers, you know, suffer from or vulnerable and susceptible to. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess musicians are, they use their voice a lot. Personality types, do you think is there something in common? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. There's so many different kinds of music as well, aren't there? Yes, there? I know. Um, I know it's a funny question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, musicians <laughs> are creative people. They're artists. Um, and there are some remedies that perhaps might be more appropriate for artists. Um, some of the remedies that are from the um, from the periodic table, from the silver. Yes, um, I've heard of that. Uh, sort of. voice. Uh, is, it, is it the? Uh, I remember I was giving yeah, the silver it once. series. Yeah, of yeah. Sort of very much remedies for the artist, for instance. So some of those remedies, uh, silver itself, um, argentum, arginet might be suitable. Some simple um, um, sort of um, first aid remedies for overuse of voice can sometimes yeah. come in, like rust talks, which is like overuse of muscles, overuse of voice. But that's much yeah. more like superficial. Yeah. Um, maybe phosphorus. That's another remedy for perhaps artistic people generally. Mm. And also, I think that maybe sometimes you get the suppression of creativity, and that creates yeah. problems in people who are very creative. Yeah. That's right. Because if you suppress that creativity in some way or it gets suppressed, yeah. then I think people who perhaps, I mean, this is a gross overgeneralization. It's just <laughs> something I've, I've thought over the years yeah. by working with people, but it, I don't know if there's any objective truth to it. But people who are inherently very creative um, and express themselves through creative means, if they're not able to, or if that gets suppressed in some way, sometimes they really suffer or suffer physically. Yeah. It's very important that artists and singers yeah, express their gifts. I think so. I, I do relate to that actually a lot. I think mm. that I one time I remember losing my voice and I remember thinking, oh, my God, it was just so painful, like emotionally painful to not be mm. able to express through music. Mm. It would be like cutting out my tongue. It would be so difficult thank you that's that's very interesting do you have anything else you'd like to share with us Rada? anything at all that just pops into your mind um well um, just i suppose just one last thing i suppose we used to call this sort of sharing homeopathy across cultures one of my um, my colleagues, Angie, on, on, on this uh, the Ghana Homeopathy Project, she used to call it the circle of benevolence. Mm. And I really do think that. And I just think, actually, you know, I got to know these minds that I felt in my meditation. Mm, I got yeah. to know them as real people. Wow. The real journey, emperor, bonzu, dear friends, um, who shared, came to share that love of homeopathy. And um, one of the things that... Um, What's quite interesting in this sort of COVID situation that we're in now in this pandemic is, of course, a lot has gone online. And um, the person who took over uh, the co co coordinating this project from, from me, Lynn, apparently there were about 300 people on the, one of the training Zooms. Um, and they came from Congo, Kenya, um, wow. mostly from Ghana. 
Um, so that's quite an interesting how we adapt and change the way we work in this sort of pandemic in the same way that many people have yeah, done. That absolutely. we're getting more of like a global community. Yeah, yes, that's right. Um, so this that's been the benefits of it, hasn't it? The connectedness, the networking mm, across the mm. globe, yeah. I mean it's it's a positive amongst a, a lot is. of uh, you know difficulties yeah. that people are experiencing now exactly and um, and you know talking about friends one of my friends is bonzu boaton who's based in kumasi who's a really deeply spiritual person who I, I i come to know over a couple of decades in ghana and uh, he's also the um principal of a, a 1,500 strong Montessori school, but also a great advocate of homeopathy yeah. and, uh, and a homeopath. Mm. And uh, he said um, wisely, um, would that a hundred years from now, many people will benefit from our work. Mm. And yeah. I thought that's a wonderful intention. Mm, it is, yeah. Extending that benevolence, you know, into the future because the world so needs it now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes. And, but in another way, of course, we don't know the fruits of our actions. We have to surrender that. But yeah. I, I I, really love the sentiment of that. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure that will be the case with the Kirtan. <laughs> and uh, I imagine that, you know, with all this, it's great that we can record all this beautiful Kirtan. And um, I think 100 years from now, I think people will be listening <laughs> to your Kirtan, Joshna. <laughs> <laughs> you know to be able to offer that actually it's amazing to offer that mm. you know we do whatever we can don't we and if it's homeopathy or if it's ketone music then that's what we do that's what we can give in the situation yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and one of the things that um hanuman the founder of homeopathy said because baba was a great admirer of hanuman yeah and uh he said the reason that we're doing this and um using this this form of medicine is so that he said um, that in the healthy human state um, the and this is what we're aiming for if you like with our, our homeopathic treatments is that um, our indwelling rational spirit can freely avail itself of this living healthy instrument for the higher purposes of our existence and mm. um, I've always thought that's very beautiful yes, and in a way mm -hmm. that links in with service and, and the gifts that we might all have to offer and how we can, if you like, free those gifts for expression. And I really like that he used the word instrument. Yeah. Joshna? Yeah. <laughs> Let me think of, uh, of you now, uh, <laughs> the theme of these podcasts. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely to see the, you know, ourselves as an instrument. Yeah. yeah. Yes, being played by the cosmic love, by being played by cosmic love. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Rada. Thank you so much. It's lovely. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much you. Too, for uh, inviting me, Joshna.
Yeah. Mm-hmm.